everyone. Sorry about the long hiatus, but this is the Fly Guys podcast. Justin Goodart alongside Cameron Klein in good old Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is where I sit. He sits in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, Cameron, it has been such a long time since we've had the chance to sit down and talk. You know, we, it was Christmas time and then it was New Year's Day and, you know, so much goes on around that time. Football and family and food, the, the, the four great Fs is what I would call it. Um, Cameron, though, firstly, Happy New Year to you, my brother. Uh, how are you doing on this fine uh, Thursday afternoon? Dude, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm great. I feel, I don't know, it's nice, I guess, uh, in normal everyday stuff. It's weird because, like, like you just said, we we were just talking about it before we started recording. Like, I, I realized today <laughs> when we were about to go on, I have not talked to you about Christmas, about, how, about anything. I was like, I haven't talked to him in a month, which is kind of crazy because we talk every week. But No, so... Um, a little New Year's thing for me. I'm I'm journaling. That's one of my things. I want to write every day. That's one of my little things. You I know, like it's that. always something I wanted to do. Funnily enough, in my journal, past couple days, I've been writing about this podcast. And I wrote. I was like, how, you know, I kind of feel like I'm neglecting it. I we got to get back into it. So, I don't know, man. I, I, walking into today, I was a little like, uh, man, we haven't uploaded in a while, and I I am upset about that. But now that we're here and I'm looking at your face and looking at you, the backwards hat, Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt, I'm really excited. I'm very happy to be here. And just, I don't know, I got a couple things that I want to look into for the podcast and stuff in the future that I'm excited about. I'm I'm just back. I'm excited to get back into it and to have the time to get back into it now that the holidays are over. Because I understand now why adults didn't care for the holidays as much. Um, oh, Starting to figure that out. <laughs> I mean... You know, you're not kidding. Like, you know, it, it is really nice to be able to look back as a kid and just remember how much I love the holidays. But I, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm just glad the holidays are over. We, you know, we're past that. We're now going to be entering the dead of winter. And honestly, you know, winter comes and then it's gone and then spring's here and then it's gone. And soon enough, Philly's baseball will be bringing us back around and it'll be summertime. And uh, that's really the true best part of the year. But I couldn't agree with you more. Just like after the holiday ended, and then obviously we missed last week, you know, I think – just for we're coming out of the holiday, so we both were probably just like we'll we'll do we'll you know we'll deal with that next week. Um, it is just such a refresher to be back here, sitting, seeing your beautiful face, seeing those long flowing locks, and have the have the chance to just talk about sports. You know, just talk about sports with a good friend. Uh, that's what really makes this show as fun as it's always been. Is the fact that you know it's two people that went to college together that genuinely enjoy talking to one another about sports and honestly no shortage of content today as well the flyers yeah. have stubbornly yeah. decided to just start winning all of a sudden which yeah. i mean only kind of pisses me off a little bit but uh and i we'll go into the the depths of that more in just a second i mean we're called the fly guys podcast the miami dolphins are uh preparing for better or for worse, for their playoff game this weekend against the Buffalo Bills, and in many ways it might be for the worse, but uh, we'll talk about that. And also, just a little bit of fun baseball news, you know, we'll kick it off with just the little stuff, the little things that matter. The New York Mets, love you, baby. Carlos Correa, you're going to bring him in on 13 years? Nah. How about he fails his physical and then retreats back to, <laughs> to the home state of Minnesota? So, uh, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Um, and I just find that funny. I just find that hilarious. The Phillies, they made a big trade, or I shouldn't say a big trade, but a, a pretty sizable trade earlier in the week. They got Gregory Soto, good bullpen arm and everything. They sacrificed Nick Maton. Cameron, you know this. I was a big Nick Maton guy, uh, yeah. so that was that was tough to see. But Gregory Soto, very good reliever, uh, really helped bolstering that bullpen. It's something that the Phillies needed greatly uh, at the end of last year when their starting pitching was just being taxed a little bit too much. 
So that's what's going on in baseball right now. Now let's shift gears over to hockey. So when we last left off, Cameron and I, before we even recorded, we just talked about how boring it is to even mention the Flyers. Yeah, it's it's painful to watch the games. It's work. It's I have to motivate myself. Yeah, to uh, to watch. That's that's what it was at. And I watched the game last night. Mm -hmm. I decided to watch the game last night because they're winning. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, let's see how they do against a real team in the Washington Capitals. Beat the crap out of the Capitals. Five to three. Yeah. Uh, Travis Konechny with a hat trick. Owen Tippett with a goal. You had Scotty Lawton in there getting a goal. You had Carter Hart looking pretty good for the most part against that Capitals team. And honestly, a Capitals team that was on a roll. And Peter Laviolette has that team moving and grooving. All of a sudden, the Flyers have now won. What I believe is now five of their last six. And they're just, they're just looking really good. But the real story for me, Cameron... When John Tortorella was hired, who was the one player that we thought, oh, watch, oh, he's yeah. going to get weeded out by John Tortorella? It was the biggest question mark, and he's the guy who's responded the best. And Travis Konechny leads the Flyers by a wide margin in points with 24 yeah. goals and 22 assists. He's on a 46-game goal pace, right, or 46-goal pace right now based on the games that he's played. Honestly, if we're being honest for a second, that's got to be the best feel-good story of this team this season. Yeah, like he to me is the driving force of their winning streak in the past five to six games. Eleven points in his last five games. Eleven points in his last five games. The guy's killing it. And then you have the All Star break, which we understand. Every every team's gonna have one representative go. It's Kevin Hayes, I guess, because he's he's more of a leader. In yeah. like when when you look at the Flyers now, right? When you think of the Flyers now, he's and this is not for Philadelphia fans. I'm saying for non Philadelphia fans, the first person they think of. It's Kevin Hollywood Hayes. That's just kind of the thought that pops in their head, which is, to me, the reason why he's going to be represent the Flyers at the All-Star game. It should be TK. TK's the best player on this it, team right now. It should now. be. I agree. And it's it just, to me, it goes to show the lack of... Honestly, I would say the lack of media coverage for the Flyers, but I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say the lack of excitement that the Flyers have been providing. Nobody's paying attention to the Flyers because nobody they haven't given anybody a reason to. So that's the reason why Kevin Hayes is going and, and Travis Konechny isn't, is because no one's paying attention to the Flyers because why should they pay attention to them? They haven't given them anything yet, except it, it, for, like you said, the last 30 days or so. It's true. I mean, it's 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 very true. And I think one of the bigger uh, you know microcosms of this Flyers season is that coming into the year, there was no real reason to be that excited. You knew that this is not going to be a team that contends for a cup. And uh, really, we're, you, really what this year was going to be all about is finding out which who are the guys that are going to be on this team that are going to be contributing to when the team eventually gets better? Because as call me an optimist, they're going to be better at some point. They're not going to be bad forever. But yeah. um, who was going to be here for the long term? Guys like Ivan Provorov, probably not. Kevin Hayes will probably be gone midseason. There's been already a lot of talk about him being traded and maybe Boston being a destination. He's from Boston. It makes sense. Boston's trying yeah. to win a cup this year. I, Kevin I Hayes heard can rumors of him being bought out. Too. That was another yeah. thing that I that I saw floating around. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all all kidding aside, this team we were talking more about the the possibilities of drafting Connor Bedard. Well, this last stretch for the Flyers has pretty much put that in serious jeopardy. Unless they go on a rampant losing streak, which you know, don't put it past them to do that. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. I will say this: I, I am happy to see Travis Konechny put together. Ironically, in a season which there's nothing else good about this team. The best season of his career right now. He is playing Easily. the best that we've ever seen. And yeah. what this means ultimately, you know, we'll find out. 
They're seven and three in their last ten. Um, they're not going to contend for a playoff spot. Everyone knows that. But it is a really nice little feeling. And holy crap, Boston is thirty-two, four and four. I knew they were good. I yeah. didn't realize they were that good. Um, no, Boston is having an, a I'm just historically of the good mindset season right now. That when it comes to guys like Travis Konechny, when it comes to guys like Carter Hart, and when it comes to guys like Joel Farabee, it just makes me really confident that there's at least something to build on going forward if you're a Flyers fan. Like, there's something to build off of. Yeah, no, I would agree, dude. I would say most of their better, I guess, performers, the the, the silver lining of this season is the guys who are performing are the younger guys for the most part. Like, once you once you drop after Kevin Hayes on their point production, the next guy is Joel Farabee with 24. He's got 12 less than Kevin Hayes. Um, you know, but he's only 22. Farabee, like, again, we all want him to be a goal-per-game player uh, at a, right out of the gate. It's not going to happen. Um, what makes me happy is that Owen Tippett's doing pretty well, too. Morgan Frost is playing relatively well, too. So that's kind of the silver lining. That being said, though, I don't want that to deviate from the fact that this team still just... it They're playing well now, yeah. But mm-hmm. they are what they are. And to me, absolutely, like you yeah. said earlier when you brought we first started talking about this, Al, it was annoying you, bothering you how they're playing well. But to me, it's just like this is this team is right exactly where we put them. We knew they weren't going to be super inspiring. We knew they're probably not. We know they're probably not going to make playoffs. But we did know, we did predict that John Tortorella was going to get out of some of these players the best you've ever seen. Some guys respond to John Tortorella. Some guys don't. And right now, Travis Konechny is one of those guys that's responding to him. So. To me, I, I feel like we're seeing the season play out exactly as predicted, which is why I'm not overly excited by what I'm seeing. I, I'm just, yeah. I still have that lukewarm feeling. It's better than it was in October. It's better than it was in November. I'm still not, I'm still kind of, eh, I mean, lukewarm. Listen, they are what they are. There's nothing inspiring about the team. They, this is this is a great band of misfits. And, and the, 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 the defense the defense just fucking sucks, and it it drives me insane. It just it kills me. The offense isn't great either, but uh, yeah, it just. And I guess that's why it bothers me is the overall off season moves that have been made the last couple seasons and stuff like that, and how it's built this team to now. And I feel like you and I have been talking about where this team has been headed and how we don't like where this team is headed. And it, to me, it's landed exactly where we thought it was going to land, which is why I can't get overly excited about what they're doing in the past 30 days. So. Yeah, I, I, again, like it's, it's unfortunate that we're at this point and all you can do is just wade through the crap to hopefully get to a better tomorrow. But again, like they're winning. So (laughs) ride it out, boys go as far as you can. It's it, it, I, I'm not going to yeah. give you great in-depth analysis because this team is so uninspiring. It's just what they are. They're an uninspiring group of players. And if they end up, if I mean, this is not going to happen. If they were to somehow make the playoffs, again, not going to happen. It would have to be one of the greatest accomplishments that John Tortorella could ever put on his resume, in my view. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny how how. You know, hockey teams are hockey teams. And we always say all the time that, like, coaches don't really play a major, major role. Like, players know the rules. They know what to do. They know what their role is. It's more yeah. a matter of being a motivator and that kind of stuff and, and game scheming and stuff. Every one of John Tortorella's teams looks exactly the same. And to me, this just looks exactly <laughs> like another wrong. John Tortorella team. 
Like they're 500, they're, but they shouldn't be. They should be way below that. But for some reason, they're playing really well. And there's a handful of players who have been lukewarm their entire careers, and all of a the sudden, they're just getting the best out of them. But in TK's defense, we got to remember this kid's 25 too. Like, we, you know, we, we do give a lot of crap to some younger players. He's he's 25. He's just now starting to hit into his prime. Maybe maybe this is the TK of the future, which would be great. It's something to build off of, and that'd be cool. But yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about the team. I don't I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's all I got, man. So, Carter Hart? Yeah. He's good. It sucks he's good. that he's good. It sucks that he's good. I hope I, I hope he's good for his career as a flyer, not like as a freaking <laughs> you watch. He's gonna yeah. like one day leave. Oh, yeah. He's gonna go to like join like the Boston Bruins and become like a fucking five time Vesna like trophy winner, win like six Stanley Cups, and I, I'm I'm gonna like put my head through a wall. But Yeah, he's gonna go to some team that hasn't been to the cup <laughs> in like forty years and they're gonna win four of them. It's yeah. First season with the Toronto happen. Maple Leafs, he goes and wins the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be the LA Kings all over again, dude. Um but, uh, you know, so shifting gears, uh, listen, it's still football season. Playoffs are around the corner. Um, yeah. We're not going to really spend a whole lot of time talking about the Eagles just because they don't play this week, and yeah. there will be more to say about them going into a playoff matchup. Uh, obviously, they did not play great the last month of the season. Their last four weeks have been up and down. Obviously, no, no Jalen Hurts. I was at the game against the Saints. It was terrible. Don't want to talk about it. And um, uh, they, the point is they get the first round by. They won their last game. Whatever yeah. they're in the pl- they're in the first round by. We'll see how other guys can recover. Lane Johnson, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, Jalen Hurts, etc. Um, speaking of bad last stretches of football, that yeah. Cameron, what the hell was that? Well, dude, I mean, Tua got concussed again on uh-huh. Christmas, um, and it was it's one of those things where, like, looking back on it, we, we should have known because first half he looked like the Tua we've come to love so far this season. Lights out. It was looking great. Hitting Tyreek Hill deep in stride, moving the ball downfield. Everything was going good. And then suddenly he just, something changed, right? And we all, it's funny because I'm watching at my parents' house. We're all Dolphin fans. And we're all talking about how, like, what the hell happened? Like, how did he go from night to day or from day to night mm-hmm. over a half? Well, and then you see the clip of him smacking his head off the ground yet again, and you everything starts to make sense. Well, that's probably what happened. That's the, what's the shameful part about this. And that's, to me, like, why I'm not angry. I'm not angry about how the team ended up. Like, the, the team was extremely injury-prone. Um, going into this season, uh, the one thing that bothered me or, or scared me the most was was their depth. I said it here on this podcast. I was a little you worried did. about yes, their depth. Yes, you did. The one and the, that's to me the one thing that the Eagles had that the Dolphins didn't. They had very similar off seasons, but the Eagles have an extreme amount of depth. And to me, that's what's important. You saw what happened for a team that doesn't fell apart, and that was Miami. And it's a shame because I just I feel bad for Tua. I feel bad for the kid because every interview you watch of him, he just seems like the kind of guy you want within your organization. Down to earth, humble. Just wants to be better. Just wants to do right for the team. Has all the right answers, that kind of stuff. And then, throughout this off season, throughout the off season before, you we hear all the stuff about what it was like for him to play under Flores and how it was just a constant uphill battle. Plus, not to mention the expectations that the rest of the sports world put on the guy. And yet, a lot of guys who fold under that pressure, i.e., Carson Wentz. Yes. But the special ones are the people that can rise above it. And we saw Tua do that. We saw him rise above that and start to play at a really, really high level. 
and it just breaks my heart that it's something like an in, like injuries that are are hindering him. What breaks my heart even more is this injury. These injuries that he's having, head injuries, are not something to play around with, and it just makes me sad because it's one of those things of I don't know if I want him to keep playing. If this is what his football life is like. It's not going to be worth it for him, and and it breaks my heart because I know he wants to be this great all-time quarterback, whatever. It's what he's always wanted, and something out of his control is keeping him away from doing it, despite all the hard work that he did. So it makes me sad. At the same time, I do just want to say that from one Dolphin fan to Tua, if you hear this, you know, I'm extremely proud of you. You did everything. They all said you couldn't, and whether you ever play football again or not, that is something that you achieved that nobody can ever take away from you. And, you know, keep your head up high with that. All that being said, uh, there's no chance in hell that I think they're beating the Bills. I think you could put the 72 Dolphins, the 85 Bears, the 2004 Patriots into that building in Buffalo with DeMar Hamlin, who's going to be there. We all, that's, yeah, oh, he's he going to be there. Yeah. And that stadium is going to be on fire. No team is going gonna, is gonna to beat the Bills on a Sunday. No team. And I love Miami. And I'm going to root for them. I'm going to be wearing the Dolphins bomber jacket, everything. I'm going to be all suited up, and I'm going to look like a clown, and I'm going to get upset. But I, let's be real here, man. DeMar Hamlin's there. It's over. It's <laughs> over. There's no way. There's no shot. So, uh, yeah. So, we didn't have the chance to talk about what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And it's been talked about ad infinitum. There's nothing more I can say about it. It's obviously an incredible yeah. story of how – you know the, the 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 training staff how they were able to revive him on the field and, and it is going to it's going to be galvanizing for that team uh, especially mm-hmm. when he goes on the big screen but from a dolphin standpoint um you know Skylar Thompson I honestly believe he has done everything that you could possibly ask a third string quarterback to do right right He's just he's not a, he's not a second string guy. He's not a starter, and like not everyone can be Brock Purdy and be in a Kyle yeah. Shanahan system. Even if yeah. your coach is Mike McDaniel, guess what? Mike McDaniel has only been a head coach for less than one whole year, so he's still yeah. learning his way. And it wasn't right. like it was an easy thing for Kyle Shanahan when he first got out to San Francisco. It wasn't pretty out there. But this this Dolphin see this is what really hurts. When I look back at this season, they were they were they had just beaten up on the Houston Texans. They were eight and three, and I'm telling you, there was a period where I think a lot of people looked around and said that team can go win a Super Bowl because they're just playing at an insane rate. You look at in the first year of Tyreek Hill in Miami, 119 catches, 1700 yards, seven touchdowns. What more could you want from from a guy like that? That you know was told, hey, without Patrick Mahomes, good luck getting those volume stats. Jalen Waddell has established himself where he will be the featured presentation on any offense that he ends up on. And my guarantee, saying it now, declaring it now, in a few years as Tyreek Hill ages, they're going to jettison him to make sure they can secure the funds to pay for uh, for Jalen Waddell because he is the future wide receiver star of Miami. 
Raheem yeah. Mostert played well enough. You know what? You had 891 yards rushing on only 181 carries. And then you look at the guys that you know didn't have the great volume stats, but again, you're not going to have great volume stats when you have two receivers that combine for over 3,000 yards. Sherfield, Gasicki, it goes on and on and on. One uh, Cedric Wilson, who was this supposed like he was going to be a game-changing free agent uh, receiver from Dallas, didn't do a whole lot of anything offensively for the Dolphins this year. But he was there. There yeah. were so many nice pieces. Assuming the result is as exactly what we assume it to be, the question I have for you, Cameron: Do the Miami Dolphins trade for or draft a quarterback in the offseason? Here's the thing, dude. How? They don't have a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So they could draft one, maybe. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're dipping into the second round at that point. I, I don't think it's going to be much. I mean, it, it might be better than Skyler Thompson, but I don't think it's going to be much better. And then for in terms of trading, again, who are you going to trade for? That's, that's really quality, right? That's really quality moving forward. There's not a whole lot. Derek Carr is on the market, obviously, but Miami's not going to be able to get him. They're going to want at least a first for him. I'm not saying that anybody should pay that, but I'm just saying he's a starting quarterback that has been pretty good this league. And even this year, which was a bad year for Derek Carr, you look at his numbers, it really wasn't absolutely terrible. It, it was bad well, for a starting quarterback. But What about Lamar Jackson? He's kind of from the Miami area and everything. He might not so, go back to Baltimore. So that's the thing. That has been talked about at length, especially before this season started, because there was all the question marks about Tua and so on and so forth. Um, and there's, of course, that story that came around of somebody tweeted Lamar about, you know, going to Miami and Lamar liked it, yada, 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 whatever. <laughs> I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I, I like Lamar Jackson. And if Tua was, was done after this season, I'm all for it. Go get him. That's fine. Um, the thing is, I don't think two is going to be officially done after this season. I think I don't think so either. That's the thing. Yeah, knowing him, he's going to say, "I'm good. I'm going to be able to play. I'm going to work as hard as I can to be able to play." So on and so forth. And how I predict things to go is that he will be back. He will have a couple of solid games next year, but he's going to get hurt again, and and it's going to be another head injury. I don't want any of this to happen, but this is what I think is going to happen. Um. Because my history of watching fighting, my history of watching hockey, that many head injuries in a row that quickly, yeah. it, it 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 just adds up very quickly, head injuries like that. And I, I, I don't think he's going to be in this league in the next three years, personally. And it breaks my heart to say that because there were things that I saw this year that, again, I, I, I've said to my wife, I've said to family members, I've never seen a Dolphins quarterback do that. So all that being said, that's the reason why I think they won't pursue a guy like Lamar Jackson because in the moment when they can get Lamar Jackson, the small window of opportunity they could get a guy like that, two is still not going to be 100% out the door. So they're going to do what they can to try to preserve him out of respect for him and out of respect for his ability, which he's shown what he can do. So I don't think they're I don't think they're really gonna do anything. And I think it's I think it's gonna hurt them in the long run. Well, so they're in, I they're, they're in a predicament where it's it's hard to do anything. If if like, Exactly. Unless you knew for certain that yeah. Tua wasn't gonna come back and you right. just knew that, then obviously like, you know, you can act on that, but you know, that's you're asking a lot right there. 
that's that's a tough situation to be in if you're the Miami front office. That's it's like is the this is the hard part. This is the hard part. You know, it's so easy when you know you're eight and three and everything's going well, or you're the Philadelphia Eagles and everything's going well. That quarterback gets hurt. Guess what? Things change a little bit. We saw with Philly when they had the couple games with Gardner Minshew. We've oh seen that a lot with Skylar yeah. Thompson and and Teddy Bridgewater. You know, it's so easy to say I'm the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins when it's going so well. But man, when it gets tough. <laughs> I mean, Howie Roseman will tell you how tough it can get. I was going to say, though, I mean, like, Howie Roseman is a great example of a guy who, I mean, he, I, I talk so wrong. much shit. I talk so wrong. much shit on that guy, dude. I talk so much shit on him. And he might be the guy who's the best at getting a team out of a hole than I've ever seen. Uh, what he did in the last two, three years, I have to take back everything I said about him because he just worked magic to get the Eagles right back into contentionship. Uh, it's just, it's the really, first, really cool to see. The first team in NFL history to be the number one seed in a five-year span with t- a, a totally different head coach quarterback duo. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, it's bonkers. Now, listen, he worked his way into that mess to begin with, but he just did a he very did. good job of working his way out of it. Now, yeah, but um, doesn't, doesn't that make it more impressive, though? It does make it impressive. I agree. He, you know? He, he, he's, learnt, he's shown his ability before to learn from his mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that that shows great character to, to anyone. But before we wrap things up, uh, because I have, uh, I have a, the luxury of taking my sister out to dinner um, nice. in just a little bit. Uh, what I wanted to say was regarding the games in this week, whether you're rooting for Jacksonville and Doug Peterson to upset the uh, chargers. Of course. Come on. Whether you're rooting for, if you're an Eagles fan, maybe you're hoping that Seattle or New York can pull off the upset and you get kind of like a, you know, a cookie cutter, you know, first round opponent. Yeah. Um, or maybe you're a Dallas fan and you're kind of biting your fingernails down to the nub, wondering what kind of Dak Prescott is going to show up on Monday night against Tampa Bay. Or, what or I, what kind of Tom Brady's going to show up against your defense. That's also true. <laughs> what I can tell you is this. The landscape of the NFL is changing. And speaking of Tom Brady, Tom Brady was not very good this year. Aaron Rodgers was not very good this year. And even though their numbers will show maybe a little bit different, we know what we've come to expect from guys like that. Yeah, uh, It's not what's happened. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has not been a very good defense this year. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, should be the will probably be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl on the AFC mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. However, so. they're, they're not my pick. I, I am rolling with, with Houdé Nation. Um, I really believe that the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Daddy Burrow is the guy. <laughs> Dude, he, I'm telling you, the kid's got it. The kid's I really got believe, it. and I, I listen, I really believe that if that didn't happen to DeMar Hamlin, I think the Bengals were en route to winning that game. Oh, I'm sure they probably would have, dude, because Joe just finds a way. Joe always finds a way. He just um, finds a way. I love that kid. On the NFC side, uh, the favorite, I would say, is probably the Philadelphia Eagles. However, my, my uh, take is that it'll either be the Eagles or the 49ers in the Super yep. Bowl for, representing the NFC. Yeah. Um, if that is the NFC Championship game, if you get an Eagles 49ers NFC title game and a Bengals Chiefs Bills Chiefs Bills Bengals Bills Chiefs uh, AFC title game, buckle up because that's going to be yeah. one hell of a conference championship weekend. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Hopefully, and this is a little sad to say, I hate to think that the AFC title game will be played in a neutral area. That is the one downside to all this. That is yeah. why I'm hoping. That Kansas City gets beat, and then you get in Buffalo the AFC title game between the Bills 
and the Bengals. That is my hope. I want to see that happen. Um, Cameron, before we sign off, um, any parting words for your young third-string quarterback, Skyler? Dude, just uh, I like, I, <laughs> I got nothing, dude. I just he's got nothing. Try to try to survive. Try to survive. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be loud. Use this as a learning experience, because not many quarterbacks have ever been in a scenario that you're about to walk into, Skyler. Um, not many teams have had a guy almost die on the field and come back miraculously. And, uh, what a miraculous you know, story is. It, it's insane that, that he has brain function. It really For how long he was unconscious, that was what I was worried about moving forward. I was like, if he comes out of this coma, he might not even be able to move, talk. His brain might be dead was, almost at this point. It, it was almost by the grace of divine intervention that he was able to retain you know, the, the good functioning brain capacity. And, you know, he's no. it looks like, you know... Knock on wood. Um, no long-term effects could be felt. It's incredible. It is a godsend. Thank the Lord for the Cincinnati Hospital. Thank the Lord for the training staff that was out there that used the defibrillator on him. Um, Damar, the entire NFL world loves you. And uh, if the Bills, if there was ever a year for the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl, it feels like now is definitely the year. I will say that my father informed me uh, his conspiracy tinfoil hat is fully on. He said 100% the Bills are going to win. He's like, look at it. It's all designed for him. Just he, he <laughs> Did he call me the other day? I always, I called him. We're on the phone with each other. And he just goes, I'm just telling you, start paying attention to the fourth quarter. Bills games. Moving forward. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> watch these calls. And then he told me, proceeded to tell me that he recorded the Patriot-Dolphin game because there was so, apparently some tomfoolery there. According to him, and he was just like, "I'm telling you, when you come over next time, I'm telling you, I'm going to show you some stuff, and and you'll laugh, but I'm telling you." And I'm just like, "Okay, Dad, all right, man. I might have to come home, and I will kind of want to sit in on that little uh, theatrical experience." Oh, dude, it's it's going to be a whole presentation. I'm really excited for it. But yeah, Demar Hamlin, it's amazing that he's up. If the Bills win, the Bills win. Be honest, even fully healthy, they're they're probably the better team. Um. And if if it means that a guy like Demar Hamlin's gonna be able to get a ring and and win a game, then whatever, I'm not upset about it. That Bills fan base has been starved for a Super Bowl forever. Um, yeah, they finally I, have a team they've been knocking on the through. door for a while. Yeah, so uh, I'm not gonna hate it. It is what it is. I'm happy to see the guy's alive. I'm happy to see that he's functioning and everything like that. So. I hope I just want Miami to make it a game. Don't just lay over and die. Make it a game. Make him work for it a little bit. Um, and that's that's about it. Skylar Thompson. I don't expect a lot from you, but uh, I wish the best of luck, and I'm right behind you. For the Fly Guys Podcast, this has been Justin Goodhart and Cameron Klein. You can be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fly Guys Podcast, myself at Goodhart Justin and at Cameron Klein15. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever provider of podcasts you most prefer. Be happy, be healthy, enjoy this new year 2023. I hope all of your resolutions are still intact after one week. Mine aren't. So just uh, everyone, have a fun, super wild card weekend. And as always, let's go, Flyers. <laughs>